Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Entertainment Expansion. We are your hosts, Tyler Callahan and Mike Ferrante. Mike, how are you doing this week? Well, this week, Tyler, I am an extra special type of chillin'. How about yourself? It's a bit more, uh, I wouldn't say chillin' for me. I'm a bit more somber myself, but uh, yeah, you're right. It is a bit of a special episode, isn't it? Oh, it's a big one. Yep. Big movie of the year. Probably for the next few years, Avengers Endgame came out. We both got a chance to see it. If you don't know, we've been following along, going through all the Marvel movies up until this point. And if you listen to last week's episode, you know, basically, this is basically the follow up to Infinity War, where the remaining Avengers try to fix what happened. So, Mike, do you want to just start off with spoilers or do you want to try and talk a little bit without it first? Well, there's really no beating around the bush here. This is going to be a spoiler-filled episode, so if you haven't watched it, put this on pause right now and come back to us when you're done. Or if you don't care about spoilers, keep on listening. It doesn't really bother me at all, but you have been warned. Fair enough. All right. Uh, I guess if it's all right with you, I'll start off with some of the things I I, I wouldn't say I liked or disliked, but uh, surprised me, I would say. Okay. So... I would say the first shock being killing Thanos 10 minutes in, you know? Yeah. And I wouldn't even say that was the most shocking part was I know it's a Marvel movie. So obviously they can, you know, push the ratings a bit, but technically this is a Disney movie. God damn that beheading. I was, I was kind of surprised by how much they showed of that. Yeah. I mean, I guess when it all comes down to it, it's not going to be heading an actual person. It was a CGI character. That's true, but they really so, did see the you see the head roll around. Yeah, but it wasn't gory or anything. No, it wasn't. But and the brutality makes sense for the mindset they're in since the snap just happened. But yeah, I was kind of surprised how it went that far, and then really where everyone was after five years kind of surprised me. Especially, I, I assume you feel the same way. We've talked about this earlier, but the Thor and Hulk especially after five years, went through a lot of changes. Oh, yeah. Uh, what did you think about... I, I guess we'll knock this one off the list. What did you think of Fat Thor? Fat Thor, I was a little skeptical at first, but it made some great comedic relief along the way. The fact that he was just kind of like a train wreck. They even made a big Lebowski reference. But, you know, he got into this depressed state that he failed, and it didn't even matter that he was the one that killed Thanos because... He still failed. Everyone's still dead. Killing Thanos changed nothing. Didn't even make him feel better. Only made him feel worse. So he obviously went into that deep depression where he just drank and played uh, Fortnite on PS4. With, with Korgameek. Who are alive. So that's probably the biggest spoiler. Yep. Alive and playing Fortnite and being crushed by New Master 69. Yeah. Yep. As everyone expected. That's where you see Disney really stepping in, though, because, you know, damn well, when Thor said, I will fly over to your house, go into that basement you're hiding in, rip your arms off and shove them up your butt. Yes. Now, now to me, that's that's a little jarring because Thor, sorry, would have said, I'm going to rip your arms off and shove them up your ass. Yeah. You know, like any man would. Yeah. You you don't you don't censor Thor. Come on. Mm hmm. Yeah, that line was a little out of place. Like, it was funny, but it kind of, like, uh, you could have said ass, you know. 
One thing that surprised me was uh, Fortnite's still popular five years later, huh? Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Half the population in the world is dead, therefore probably half the game developers. So are they really making new games like that? Yeah, that's true. The the, the world we saw, the, the glimpses we saw, it's basically a piece of shit. Yeah, it's pretty much not necessarily a free-for-all, but... It's, it's close it's like to society. it. Yeah, it's like society took a hold. I mean, like, like they mentioned in the support group, the entire New York Mets just is gone. <laughs> I mean, like, an entire baseball team is just done, and I don't know if that means there's no baseball at all, but that just goes to show you, like, how do, bad it got. Do we still got the Yankees? They were never mentioned. Well, I mean, if we lose the Mets, is that really the worst-case scenario? As long as we keep the Yankees, I'm fine with it. You know, perfectly balanced. Yep. One state sports team per state. (laughs) That's what that was really meant by the balance. Hey, some states don't have any. He's got a share of the wealth. Exactly. Um, So you brought up good points about Fat Thor. I kind of agree with you. It was jarring for me at first because Ragnarok and Infinity War, he really is such a badass. Oh, yeah. But, and I didn't really like Fat Thor at first, but after thinking about it for a couple of days, it does make sense. He was almost breaking in Infinity War, but after his talk with Rocket, you know, he kept it together. But then he lost even more, you know? So, at that point, he really is just, fuck it, whatever, I'm done. So, I get that. I do have an issue, though, with Professor Hall. I don't know why. And the main reason I have an issue with him is we don't see the transformation. Because they've built this up for years now. Really since... A lot since Age of Ultron, if not the first Avengers movie. That Bruce Banner and the Hulk are two separate people. And the Hulk gets really upset when you know he's basically just used just to punch people. He's not treated fairly. And that comes to a head in Infinity War. Where it's not that he can't help. It's that he doesn't want to help. To the point where he refuses to transform. And I think just jarringly, five years later, oh, they worked it out. You know, you have the brains, you know, and the skills of Bruce Banner, but in the body of the Hulk. And it's like, that's great. I would have liked to see that happen, though. Have them have that talk. I mean, got to be honest with you. How are we going to film that? Subconsciously, you know, maybe Bruce Banner's in a room. It goes into his mind and you just see them two talking. It would just be a conversation with himself. Not technically not with himself. They made a point. The Hulk's a separate person. But that was the whole point that Bruce Banner was trying to get at was he was treating them like two separate people and treating the Hulk like he was a disease. But he realized that it's the same person. The Hulk is more of an alter ego of him. Like all the negative qualities he sees in himself are the Hulk. So he was able to get in terms with that and be one with the Hulk and Bruce Banner. This way, they're both happy. They're not both being mistreated. Because when the Hulk was out and about for two years in Thor Ragnarok, and Bruce Banner was all tripped out because he was like, I I felt like I was locked in the trunk and the Hulk had the keys. Now that they both have their hand on the wheel, they're both driving the same car. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I took it as they are two separate people, but the issue was that the Hulk was never given any respect from Avengers or from Bruce Banner, more importantly. But they had to sit down. They were like, okay, we come to agreement. We'll respect each other. And, it, you know, as you see, it works out. 
I mean, but I guess yeah. I guess your thing does make a bit more sense. I mean, from the first Avengers, he definitely wasn't treated fairly. I mean, Hulk hates stairs. Why? Why they make him go down the stairs? I I know it's insulting. You know, like he couldn't have just jumped out the window. He had to go down the stairs. I, yeah, I mean, he wasn't jumping around the windows the entire battle. Couldn't do one more. Yeah, just, but we digress. Yeah. So, I guess let's move to the next main part of the movie before we get to the end, and that is the time traveling. I was, I was fine with how they did the time traveling. I know when the uh, leak started to happen, people were freaking out. Well, you know how they're going to do it. This doesn't make any sense. And I started to believe that a bit. You know, I saw one of the things that like, oh, Loki, you know, steals a tesseract. But the way the spoiler was written was that he he snuck he snuck through, so he's in the current timeline, and then he disappeared. Now, obviously, that didn't happen. So. The way the time the time traveling planned out, I enjoyed. I think it was a good time to re- revisit some of the movies, in a good way. Oh, a lot of callbacks. Who, who knew, Thor: The Dark World would become such an important movie? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you know what's funny though? Out of all the callbacks they did, they never went back to Iron Man two or three, but they did go back to Thor: The Dark World, huh? I mean, if only there was Infinity Stone in Iron Man two. Maybe then people would give the respect that movie needs. Um, you can't give back to nothing. Okay, let's not turn this into an Iron Man 2 discussion again. Mike, what did you think of the time traveling? I thought it was fine. I feel like they made it work and they explained it well enough to... You could be like, alright, well, I could see this happening in this universe here. So yeah. why not? And I like the fact that it wasn't your typical time travel movie where what you do directly affects your future it just creates an alternate timeline yeah and logically that does kind of make more sense because if you could screw up the past which would screw up the future it's like everything would go to shit real quick yeah but yeah no it's definitely it was also fun to see again some of the past past characters uh you know, set the secretary, secretary Pierce. Oh, uh, you know, it was good to see Robert Redford in there, especially since technically he did retire, I think, last year, the year before. So the fact that they're able to sneak in an extra five minutes with him was pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, really. And it, I think one of the funnier moments, though, like you were mentioning the Hulk going down the stairs, is when they went back to Guardians 1, when Star Lord is getting the stone and he's just singing to himself to see the. Yeah. Uh, the camera pans away and there's yeah. no more music. Yeah, yeah. When you actually uh you're not inside his head and what he's thinking and you actually just watch him do it, yeah. That was that was pretty funny. Yeah, it was. And then Rhodey just looks at Nebula, so he's an idiot. She just kinda looks at him like, yeah. And that's another thing I liked is how well the non Avengers fit with the Avengers. So like Nebula and Rocket, right? Yeah. They're on the Guardian side. But after the five years they spent on and off with the Avengers, you can really tell like they've kind of bonded a bit. Like Nebula has more of a friendship with like Rhodey than she does with half of the Guardians. That is true. Which I think would be an interesting dynamic for later movies whenever maybe they'll touch on it in Guardians 3. I saw a Reddit post. Technically, Rocket's been an Avenger longer than he's been a Guardian of the Galaxy. So. 
does make sense. It was it was like two years, years to five years, so yeah. Wonder if they'll ever bring they might bring that up. Yeah, or we might can Asgardians of the Galaxy. Hopefully. Alright, so we're up to really the final chunk of the movie, the final battle. The way they transitioned to the final battle I thought was actually really good. It it, it took me aback how they did the snap. Right, to bring people back. And I was like, it didn't happen right away. It didn't happen right away. But I was in the theater watching it. I was checking my watch. I'm like, there's no way the movie's almost over. And before I knew it, they did a snap. That snap was two hours in. I'm like, what the fuck? We still have another hour? And then Thanos ships appear. And that scene with Ant-Man looking out as the missiles rain down upon the their headquarters was, I think, one of the best scenes in the movie. Because it went from being so peaceful, you know, you know, people are getting happy, transition. and then it's just, it's all gone. It was definitely a good transition. It was. But, Mike, what did you think of the final battle now? I thought the final battle was very well done. All in all, like, we got to see all our characters come together. I was a huge fan of the original trio taking on Thanos first. Yeah. And given the time that they needed. And I was a huge fan of the fact that Captain America picks up the hammer. About time, too. Yeah. And then Thor, you know, because in the Avengers Age of Ultron, Thor gets worried that Cap's actually going to pick up the hammer. And then when he finally does, he kind of laughs and says, I knew it. Yeah, I I like that. Because before, he's like, oh, he's kind of nervous. He might be embarrassed. But here he's like, no, he's just straight up proud of him. Like, he knew he could do it. Yeah. And damn, does he just go in on Thanos with the... With uh, Mjolnir and the uh, shield combo. Like, god damn. I mean, it doesn't work out in the long run, but... It doesn't. But for like one minute, he, he almost had it. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of expecting Thor to be more of a badass with both the hammer and the axe. Yeah. Like, he had a few badass moments, but like I feel like it. when he had the axe, he was almost unstoppable. The axe yeah. and the hammer, he should have been like concrete walled inside. It was brick and then inside that was steel like he was just like he should be the definition of unstoppable with well, i think the idea is he is out of shape yeah he hasn't fought in five years and then like the the one week they did this time heisting is the first week in five years he's actually done any heavy work so of course facing off against thanos you'd be a little unprepared um i do share your idea that really for yes i like the main trio fighting against Thanos, but really Captain America is the one of the three to actually put in the most work. Iron Man kind of got knocked out early, uh, which makes sense in the long run. And then you're right, Thor with the hammer and axe should have done a bit more. But, um, yeah, when I actually get to the final, final battle when everyone's in there, definitely it, it is kind of like that Lord of the Rings feel a bit. You know, just everyone rushing at each other. And not like Infinity War, where it's like the shield held it back, like just straight up. Everyone's running to each other. You have the crazy shots of everyone just doing something. And I do like, for the most part, you get to see at least one of you. If you have some favorite character, they, they do something in the final battle. Yeah. Unless you're a Doctor Strange fan, in which case he's just making sure the battlefield isn't flooded. Yeah, no, overall, the final battle was not disappointing whatsoever. No, it wasn't. And then uh, we get to the end of the final battle, and... About time, some more people die, and Iron Man bites the dust. 
Well, he actually doesn't uh, bite the dust. That'd be Thanos and all of his team. He just kind of faded away. Like he just kind of rots out a little yeah. bit. The Infinity Stones kind of turned half his body black, like decayed black. I will say, seeing that scene in theaters, like not him doing a snap, but him like barely, barely registering what's happening as everyone comes toward him, is like that got me. Like I, I, it was almost, it was basically the same as like when Wolverine died back in Logan. Like it was getting me choked up a little bit. Yeah, because you know, like, like that guy's part of our childhood. He basically, started, yeah, eleven years now. He started this universe, and now he's seen it off to a different path. But yeah, and then obviously, I'm sad he died. But it does make sense. Going into this movie, everyone knew Chris Evans is kind of done. He wants to move on to directing. So everyone's like, oh, you know, Captain America's going to die, right? It's the easy one. And nope. It's Iron Man that makes the big sacrifice. He's the one that lays down his life to save everyone else. And Captain America actually does get to go back in time and does get to spend his life with Peggy. So my question to you is, Mike, how did you feel about the handoff and who the new Captain America is now? I mean, I'm fine with it. I have no problems with it because, I mean, if we really want to go back to the comics, I believe Falcon did become Captain America at one point. So it's nothing new, really, the comic readers. So pretty much people who follow the stuff closer than I do, they wouldn't be surprised. They'd actually kind of be excited because it's an end of an era. Now we have a new Captain America, and then we're going to see his new adventures. Because we've kind of seen... Steve Rogers, Captain America, we've been through his adventure. I mean, we can't have his adventure for the rest of our life. No, we can't. So it's the natural progression of things, and I feel like it worked fine. Yeah, I, I thought so too. I, I I think Falcon was a good choice. I mean, obviously you could have been like, well, you know, Bucky's his best friend, you know, but Bucky also runs into the issue of, I think the issue Steve Rogers ran into is, is that they both can't fully adapt into modern society. They were not born in it. Uh, the Winter Soldier specifically makes a point of this when Steve Rogers has a book of stuff he has to read up on or watch just to get references. So I think having Falcon, you know, someone who fits in today's day and age, he knows what to do and knows how to blend in. And I, I think I think is a better pick, at least for now, you know? Yeah, and I mean... We are getting a Winter Soldier and Falcon TV show from Disney, so this could be that route, or it could be before that. It could be, yeah. It could be before that. I would hope it's after. So maybe, maybe the I don't know. Maybe the idea is like Falcon is like learning to be Captain America, while Bucky maybe helps him out with missions. You know, so he can yeah. know what to do. Basically, just to talk about everything. We did forget one thing. We did forget another major character did die. And that is gonna, Black Widow. Honestly, her death, I had more emotion than Iron Man dying. Really? Only because of the way that both the actors played it out. So when Iron Man dies, you know, you really see it coming and mm -hmm. then you understand it. Yeah, it's sad. But at the same time, when Hawkeye and Black Widow are fighting each other, to kill themselves so the other person doesn't die. It just makes the whole scene so much more like grasping. Because here are these two people that truly love each other, and not in the romantic sense, but 
they would do anything for the other person, which we've seen in the past films. They're like brother-sister. Yes. So both of them want to kill themselves so the other one doesn't die. They're fighting each other, I mean, to the very last of it, to the point where they're both hanging off the cliff. And Hawkeye's not going to let her go for anything, and she forces him to. And just like Jeremy Renner is acting throughout that scene, some A1 acting. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. That's it. Like, again, I felt more for Iron Man's death. But again, he is basically my favorite character in this universe. But you're right. That entire scene on Vomir, where they are basically finding each other to the death so the other one doesn't die, is really fucked up. It's some great acting from both of them. And really, I think it really does, you know, hit home, like, how how much sacrifices they do have to do to actually fix stuff. Like, this isn't, oh, well, we just have to fight a couple people and we're done. No, sacrifices have to be made. Especially to get this stone where someone literally has to die. Soul for a soul. Yep. And then what I read online from from an interview with the uh, director, because someone brought up the point, like, okay, so Steve Rogers returned the stones. When he returns that stone, does he get Black Widow back? And the answer was no. The transaction is non-refundable. Makes so, sense. Yeah, to finish up here before we're gonna we're gonna finish up with our top ten. But before that, Mike, do you have any other thoughts? Do you have any negatives about the movie, or any other good points you didn't get a chance to bring up? No, I think we kind of all touched up on it. There's really not too much hate to give this movie. It was pretty well done. It really is, especially for how much they had to do, especially between here and Infinity War, like getting everything lined up in place. The Russo brothers did a great job directing this. All right. So if that's the case, then would you want to start with your top 10 list? I kind of want to hear yours first. Okay. I think it's going to be a little controversial with you. I swear to God, if Iron Man 2 is in your top five, we're going to have a huge issue. (sighs) Don't worry. It's not even in my top 10. All right. There we go. So let's see. In 10th place... For me is Doctor Strange. Ninth place, okay. Spider-Man Homecoming. Eighth is Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Seventh place is Captain America Civil War. Sixth place, The Winter Soldier. Fifth place, Thor Ragnarok. Fourth place, Avengers Endgame. Third place, Avengers 1. Second place, Infinity War. And in first place, Iron Man 1. Okay. Not too far off. So, my 10th place is Doctor Strange, followed by Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Okay. Then, it would have to be the first Avengers. Uh, let me think here, actually. Oof. It's a little tough here. Yeah, we're going to go Civil War, then Infinity War, then Thor Ragnarok, Iron Man, then Endgame, and finally the Winter Soldier. Okay, Winter Soldier's still number one for you. Yep. Honestly, you, you can't you can't do much better than that. That film is just outstanding in so many different levels. I'm, I am surprised how we both had Doctor Strange at number 10. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was solid enough to make top 10. It, it was, but exactly number 10. And if you are curious, since I do have, uh, I have this website here to track some of this stuff, uh, Iron Man 2 is number 16 on my list. Thank you. Still a little too high. I mean, come on, man. It's above Iron Man 3, Captain Marvel, Hulk, both Thor movies. Well, no accounting for taste. Okay. Agree to disagree. But that is our pretty lengthy discussion about Avengers Endgame. 
Mike, if anyone does have any thoughts about this movie, which I assume people do, where can they tell us that? Well, they could go to our email, send us an email if they want to be business professional at entertainmentexpansionoutlook.com. Or if you want to be more friendly about it, you could always send us a direct message or comment under our last post on our Instagram site, which is properly labeled Entertainment Expansion. We look forward from hearing from you. That's right. As always, thank you for listening and see you next week.